Welcome to the Digital Custom Experience Podcast by Kiosk. I'm thrilled to bring you stories, insights, and expert opinions on the ever-evolving world of digital customer experience. Today, we have an amazing guest, Marlin Parkler, Pfizer Sweden. She is the mastermind leading Pfizer Sweden. She's not just steering the ship, she's redefining how we connect with doctors and patients. With a science-powered vision, Marlin's driving Pfizer to be the partner that healthcare future needs. So let's dive in and get the inside scoop on shaping a healthier world with Marlin. Welcome, Marlin. Thank you very much, Daniel. Happy to be here. Oh, we are so excited. And because you're coming from uh, Sweden and Sweden is known for music, I want to ask you a question. What musical instrument would Marlin be? That's a super interesting question, but it happens to be so that I used to play the violin. Uh, and my brother, he plays the cello, he's uh, a cellist. My father used to play the contrabass. So I think a string instrument would be something that I would choose. That, Love that's music. <laughs> that's amazing because like Sweden just won last year, uh, Eurovision as well. And apart from that, there are so many famous singers and musicians from, uh, from Sweden. Who is your favorite? artists from Sweden? I mean, there's so many. I mean, we're the biggest exporter, or at least we were, of music. But when, when you know, when we're at the topic of digital and digitalization, etc. So I would say ABBA, because ABBA. they changed the customer experience totally now with the new Voyager uh, journey with their avatars. Absolutely. Talking about very famous people, uh, is there someone in the past or in the future you want to meet or you have met that has inspired you? So uh, I met a lot of people. I meet a lot of people. I'm very curious in people and different perspectives. So uh, I think everyone is interesting. Uh, it is the mindset that you have to have, I think, because you discover new things then and learn. Uh, but I have two people that uh, I think you know, I really got a lot of inspiration from meeting and they're both uh, global CEOs uh, and they're both actually uh, Indian born Americans. Very interesting, I think. It must be something about innovation there or mindset or something. But the, uh, the, the first one was um, the CEO of MasterCard. He's not the CEO there anymore, Ayabanga. He's now at the, the World Bank. Uh, and the second uh, was Satya Nadella at Microsoft. Wow. Well, how did you meet them? Did you have any conversations with them? Can you share a little bit more about the encounter? Yeah, so um, I, I have been engaged in the American Chamber in Sweden for quite a while in the board. Uh, so through that, I met you know leaders when they come to Sweden. So that's a very nice benefit uh, of being engaged. Uh, and. Um, uh, I think the most interesting conversation was around how do you inspire your people and colleagues to, you know, unleash their biggest potential. Uh, and also, I mean, the, the, how, how you bring the soft leadership to make great business and good stuff for your customers. Um, as well as how do you follow where the world is going uh, and how important that is. And especially I, what I loved the most about these two gentlemen was that they were so curious 
and they were so interested in listening to what you have to say, to what everyone had to say. So that's very inspirational for me. Love it because all of the good leaders are very good listeners and they constantly want to learn how to become better leaders. What is this one thing that you took from both of that people, both of those persons that you applied in your work or with your company? Always be curious and open-minded. I heard once, <laughs> because I, I once heard this amazing saying by one of one of my mentors. He said, be open enough to having your opinions changed. So yes. you could actually yes. do that by being curious. Cool. Yes. One last thing about yeah. your personal stuff that I want to know. Finland and Sweden are always competing when it comes to winter games and ice hockey and so on. Are there sports <laughs> that you love or that you're interested in? So I like testing all kinds of sports, uh, but I love the outdoors. So everything that is outdoors, if it's uh, mountain biking, uh, skiing, cross country or downhill, sailing, um, and hiking, running, whatever. As long as it's outdoors, I love it. Amazing, amazing. Now let's get into the nitty gritty of the pharmaceutical industry. So as you said, you're always thinking about new way of working, new way of improving. And how has this evolved to meet the customer's digital needs? Yeah, so first of all, just, you know, to, I mean, for us as a company, um, digitalization has totally revolutionized the, the way that we discover drugs, for example. I mean, that is our core. So it's constantly improving also the journey of making a medicine and a vaccine as well as it's been re reinventing the patient journey uh, and healthcare. Uh, but as you're, as you're referring to as well, it's not only revolutionized there, it's also revolutionized the way that we meet our customers' needs uh, and the customer experience or the experience that customers expect. And for us customers, healthcare professionals, um, physicians, nurses, of course, and then patients, but also government and governmental agencies. Uh, but so uh, due to this, we're all changing the way that we engage our stakeholders or engage with our stakeholders. Uh, that reflects the increasingly, increasingly uh, always on world uh, and the, the expectations to have science and knowledge at the fingertips of, of healthcare patients. So I think this is the, the, the big challenge and also the big opportunity to make available uh, whatever you have at the fingertips whenever you need it, a click away. Yep. And just, just piggybacking on the first question, we're talking about new ways of working and evolving. With the pandemic, so many things had to change, mm. uh, not just with you know uh, certain industry, with most of the industries. How does this disruption change the approach of the Pfizer uh, to meet the customer's needs? Uh, so, um, I mean, we can, in, in this change, we can unite the power of science and the power of technology, I think, and, and also the way that uh, we're agile. So the way that we've been you know, developing uh, the ways to work, uh, you, can, you can kind of say that We've done it in a number of ways. There are some buzzwords maybe to talk about here. It's agile methodology, um, user experience, patient journey, um, uh, as well as omnichannel, uh, 
uh, all these, you know, buzzwords, they have a fundamental meaning in the way that we work. So agile methodology is the way to constantly make sure that you have content available. So in a very fast way, you can make sure that you have updated relevant content for different type of customers based on both what their role is or what they who they are as a per person. So this is um, fundamentally in, in the, the way that we're working today. And also when we're talking, and maybe we come back to that when it comes to omnichannel. Um, but I think it's, yeah, but it's not only the way that we work you know, externally engaged, it's also the way, as with the Agile methodology, uh, the way that we work internally. Uh, so you always need to find a way to simplify, uh, to keep the speed. Because expectations are so big now in what, you know, when you're looking for something, you want the answer immediately. You want the solution immediately. That's the way that our customers um, experience their personal life. So they experience that in their professional lives as well. So I think this is the challenge and also a fun opportunity to make sure that you actually, you know, put together everything that you have and make it available uh, in a very attractive way for, for the customers. But um, it, it has to be simplified. And that's also a challenge. I mean, in our in, you know, business or the, the way uh, with our, in, in the pharma industry, um, we are a very restricted, so we, a very regulated environment. Many, many different uh, businesses are very regulated. But for us, it's uh, in the um, engagement with healthcare and patients. I mean, we can't engage with patients when it comes to specific medicines. We can't, um, uh, there's certain things that we can say and cannot say uh, when it comes to healthcare. Uh, so there's so many things that we need to be compliant to do. So it's not so, so easy uh, to uh, be quick uh, and, and, and we can't give too broad information either. So you need to you know, stick, stick with what's compliant and then you can just guess how many processes that is internally then to make sure that you are compliant. So, uh, and um, uh, I can give one fun, fun example one. when it comes to digital disruptions. And the, the first big leap that we did and, and, and also why, I think that's also a good example for when you digitally disrupt is when you need to find another solution. So uh, yeah. before 2010, uh, somewhere 28 maybe, uh, the industry changed so that we couldn't travel to congresses together with our customers. We could travel to congresses. We couldn't bring a group of customers there, which makes sense today, I think. But uh, that was very disruptive for everyone because how would you then, you know, get to learn what's said at the Congress? Um, so there was lots of um, frustration around this, uh, but we decided to do overnight reporting from the Congress. So we brought film cameras and our own, my own colleagues, my own colleagues. Um, that are yeah. customer facing colleagues, they did all the work. So they interviewed people at the place, uh, sent mm. the videos to one colleague who was sitting, waiting in the evening. He pulled everything together, 
but then you can't just send it because you need to have an approval to make sure that the content is not going outside of what you can talk about and not. So they did the overnight, yeah. we had people standing by doing the overnight uh, approval uh, and then the next morning, all physicians or healthcare professionals at home in Sweden could see what was going on with comments from their peers at the Congress. So I think this is, I mean, we still do these things. Many companies do now, uh, but that was, um, that was such a fun journey because it triggered us to do something differently. It got everyone involved uh, and you could really show that what you can do uh, if you, you know, you're all in there together, then, you know, you can't work 24 seven as you do when you kind of find a new solution and you kind of disrupting, uh, but, but it's, you know, very inspiring and you get everyone joining the journey immediately. So then everyone was interested in doing these things. So I think that's the difference between when you can disrupt and when you do slow innovation, because my own experiences as well, uh, and my frustration is that sometimes it takes so long to change. Sometimes it takes so long to uh, adopt a new technology or something. And, and personally, I'm maybe the one that jumps on too quickly to new solutions. And so, but but I think this is you know that is what is needed. You need some big external challenge. Um, a change um, like this, or uh, as you see with the. Uh, pandemic. That's also a great example when, you know, you're forced into trying these technologies and just realize that, wow, look at what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing this story. Like when you're sharing this story, I'm actually thinking of the Oscars, <laughs> you know, when Oscars is happening, there's like a huge team behind waiting for like, oh, camera seven, camera six change. And I see Marlon <laughs> as a director who's running all of this with power comes responsibility. And with you saying, I'm the one that's ready to jump in, you know, try new stuff. Did you think actually like, hey, this is something that we need to change in the long run, not just now, but your thoughts like that because you actually made this happen? That is a really good question. No, I don't think that I thought that would be, you know, a long term change. That, that would be, I think, you know, I think we always need to change. So I'm kind of thinking, okay, this is what we do now. What do we do tomorrow? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think makes sense. You can be better every day. Yeah. That's true. So, that's true. And I think that I'm maybe not the director. I'm kind of the one that um, I nudge. I'm maybe the little ghost that you know <laughs> supports <laughs> and try to make people go in certain directions because people have so much to give. So just try to unleash. Because everyone is super different. Like Marlon is this really dynamic personality who can, you know, be the outdoor sports, who loves music, who loves, you know, inspiring people. But not everyone is the yeah. same. How do you make sure this the, the transformation that you have in the company is being met and followed by everyone throughout the company? It's a hard decision to make yeah. and a hard process to execute. How do you make it happen? So that's when you need people exactly like you're, you're pointing at. You need people that are different from you. So I know that I need people that you know, take some time, 
deep dive into something, see, okay, how do we do this and how do we develop it? So my colleague, Paolo, that has been developing the way that we work with, if you call it digital marketing or, um, you know, digital customer engagement. Uh, I mean, he's the one that's been very solid in setting plans. He's been taking all the ideas into, you know, how do we now structure this? And that's why he also brought in the agile methodology to structure everything so they can do things with speed as well. So you, you also unlock some time for innovation because you need to, all the things you can do, you need to do those things, but then you also need to have the time to innovate and change. Uh, and yeah. one of the big thing that you know, he developed was also uh, taking, yeah. uh, because after all this uh, Congress reporting, we also understood that, okay, moving media uh, is something that we want to be good at. So sometimes you just have to yeah. pick something. Uh, and then uh, we, you know, Netflix, the Netflix model is, of course, you know, a guiding or a North Star for, for everyone, I think. Uh, yeah. And then, so, so he developed a platform called Pfizer Play, uh, which is more or less like a Netflix platform. Uh, where, you know, physicians, is for healthcare, of course, not for patients and not for, for um, the public. Can you expand a little bit on this? Because this is very interesting. Yeah, so um, that's where we gather all the videos we have. So if it's interviews, if it's webinars, if it's, um, you know, some education, uh, and, and depending on who you and are, you can easily, as with Netflix, get suggestions on OK what can you learn now will be based on what you've been watching and been interested in what are you what would be beneficial for you uh, to look at and who is this for is it for the head cps or yes. for internal uh, it's for HCPs. head cps yes <gasps> okay makes sense yeah. so just coming back to the analogy that we were making like a director and oscars and I also see that you're building a team that is so different, but has their own strengths, which brings me back or moves forward to the next question of an omni-channel approach. Mm. So each platforms have their strengths and when they bring, when you bring them together, it is more powerful. Yeah. What is Pfizer's take on omni-channel approach, especially in the constantly evolving pharmaceutical industry? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I think everyone may have different um definitions of omnichannel um and so let me start from where you know first it was single messages in single channels uh, or the same message rather in single channels and then then once you know we started with a multi-channel everyone did multi-channel uh, and you pushed out one message or one you know knowledge in many channels at the same time um and you work with campaigns uh now with omnichannel, it's based on the customer need. So what does this exact physician need? And how do you bring that person on a journey that give them something that make them better in their daily life? So that's, you know, what most people want. How do I get better in what I do? So how do I get to be a better leader or for a physician? How do I be a better doctor tomorrow? So how can they learn? You bring them on a learning journey instead of sending a message. So you use all the channels you have 
and use them for different purposes, for different learning journeys, but also to attract different type of learners or the way you consume digital knowledge mm. or find solutions. So it's all about using the channels. Um, I mean, you have to choose an area for learning, of course. Uh, you can't do like everything. You can't put everything into a bucket of omni channels. You kind of travel around there forever. Uh, but the, the, the purpose is to really make sure that you give full content and uh, continuous learning. Uh, so, I mean, you talk about learning. So are, you, but... are you meaning to say that the omni-channel approach with regards to Pfizer is mostly for educating? Um, I would say so, because in our, you know, uh, our, our uh, what, what the healthcare professionals expect from us is yeah. science, evidence, uh, and also practical. So it's kind of two parts, practical uh, knowledge and learning and medical uh, medical learning and, and uh, knowledge. And that is what we supply. We want them to uh, ensure, or we want to ensure that they have everything they need to choose a medicine and vaccine when it's proper for the patient and also make sure that the patient gets the best uh, results from their treatments. So, so that's our mission to ensure that patient gets access to a healthier life. So we need to supply or su support with the, the knowledge, the science behind that. So, so yes, I guess it's about education. Yes. And I'm assuming that because now you have omni-channel approach to edu educate your HCPs, do you have a data on which form of content performs well? Meaning that, hey, this is a is performing well, so we're going to optimize and yeah. enhance more of A. Do you have a data or platform that the HCPs prefer? Uh, so what we see is they prefer uh, live live or recorded webinars, short videos, uh, especially peer-to-peer. -peer. Uh, they want to learn from another physician or uh, if it's a new medicine, of course, they want to know the practicalities. But otherwise, you know, they want to learn science, not only theory, but also practically from a peer. So that is super important for them, uh, at least what we see uh, in, in what is um, mostly uh, looked at when it comes to uh, what we bring digitally. Uh, but then uh, it's also very interesting what we say, how can we, how do we know? So measuring is, of course, crucial. Uh, making sure that you measure what is what the customer um if we if we're satisfying the customer if they can you know if they recommend so we need to know whether or not what we're providing is you know what they want so that type of tracking is super important and we re regularly work with insights so the team even the you know we mix of course omnichannel is not only digital it's also for us it's also the face-to-face uh, meetings and other type of events that we organize to put everything together. So, so the insight we gather is super important, whether or not it's by measuring digitally, uh, because that's so it's so easy uh, when you're online. You can you can measure more or less every you know tweak and stuff that customers or people do, but then also um, uh, insights from 
customer facing colleagues that are out meeting healthcare. So, so that is also what's within the agile methodology. The one really big piece is to feed in uh, insights all the time so you can tweak. Uh, there was one other thing that I was thinking about when it comes to insights and measuring. Yes, so uh, my passion is also to measure not only click here and then the person went there and then my passion is to measure that it really makes a difference for for the physicians or so yeah. or the nurses or the healthcare professionals. So so we track MPS. Net promoter score is mm. well known, score. Uh, and yeah. uh, CSATs, customer satisfaction is also well known. Uh, what we've added that I personally love is, uh, did, this, did this have an um, impact on uh, your clinical practice? So did this really help you uh, in being better? as a doctor or a nurse. So I think that is, you know, if we can have a high score on that, then, I mean, then I'm super happy. Absolutely. Thank you, Marlon. And uh, now the next part is really uh, a most commonly uh, discussed topic these mm -hmm. days. So AI is something that every company, every field is embracing. Mm -hmm. So for Pfizer, where do you see the biggest opportunity with regards to digital transformation to leverage the potential of AI? So, um, I think, I mean, everyone knows that the next years, uh, the biggest technology um, yeah. that will yeah. change the way we operate, the way we do things uh, in all dimensions, all perspectives is AI in all different ways. So. Um, and it will have a super great impact on on what we do. It also has some, you know, everyone talks about the negative things, uh, and and that is actually very crucial that you do do and use AI in a secure and, and safe way. That is, um, it has to do both with the value you bring, but also with your reputation. And I think here is also very, you know, companies have to also. And lead the way when it comes to how you use AI, uh, and also be very transparent, of course. But there are many compelling uses for, where especially then uh, I think in this context maybe we talk about gen generative AI, Gen AI, yeah. you know, yeah. videos, text, etc. How you can improve that. So, for some examples from our industry, uh, that is not only like content per se is. One a very interesting thing is how you accelerate the way that you predict how protein folds. And that can actually answer mm. questions on biology and, and how you can find a new medicine. So that is, of course, new core. Uh, then you can also uh, reduce cycle time, you know, time to patient from discovery to that patient gets treatment, they get a healthier life. Uh, by reducing um, certain parts of the clinical studies. Uh, you know, you can have an AI looking into uh, big data to see are there any uh, false data in this, you know, or anything that needs to be washed. How do you wash it? So that's one thing. But then when it comes to maybe what we're talking about here when engaging with uh, healthcare and, 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 and patients, it's, 
you can better and faster come up with qualitative uh, content to to um, healthcare providers. And as many companies, uh, we've launched our own secure, safe area uh, of our internal yeah. chat GPT, uh, an internal Jenna AI platform and exploring on that. I think we're not alone in that. I think everyone is doing it and exploring to see how can how can we use this and how can we learn. I've tested. Um, I needed to do a, an elevated speech about myself, so I tested to throw in. <laughs> it was super fun. I, I sounded like such an amazing person. <laughs> <laughs> nice fancy words and then put it together and then i also used it for preparing for a, a panel to discuss uh, uh, learnings from uh, um, preparedness for crisis so and it's, it's amazing you get a good, really good draft but other you know in near term for us it will be translating uh, global materials uh, i mean we're a global company we don't do content yeah. we do content locally Not, but we yes. also do yeah. lots of content for, from a global perspective yeah. uh, to be more efficient of course uh, we can also uh, in that you can use AI to to create different tonalities uh, yeah. so uh, and also I mean summarizing reports etc and also test different type of languages that uh, fits different uh, personalities so uh, customer groups uh, and of course efficiency and productivity so there's so many interesting um, and good ways to use this then you also have one thing that is something that we need to all handle is also um, the uh, oh, the challenges uh, with um, that you can really um, how do you say it? Uh, fake things. So, I mean, you've seen the panda driving the car, for example. Yeah, yeah it looks super yeah. real. Uh, yeah. And so that, and that's a little bit scary. But I guess you know, we will find is. ways to identify. Uh, yeah, I, you know, it, it comes down to you know ethics and AI as yes. well. One use case that I was thinking, like when you were speaking, is like because you said peer-to-peer -peer videos are very popular. Yeah. My immediate thought was like, what if, let's say, I'm a very popular physician, yeah. but I could translate and speak in 20 different languages. I'm the most respected physician with regards to, you know, X, Y, and Z. <laughs> but if I could do a video, but then uh, using a software like HeyGen, it just translated to 20 languages, speak 20 languages, and reach people from 20 different countries. Okay. That would be amazing. I'm like, oh, this is something possible with AI. Yeah. So have you ever thought about something? Like, because peer-to-peer -peer <laughs> is one of the most trusted methodologies <clears throat> with regards to fighting. Have you thought about that? Yeah, this is a super interesting idea. <laughs> Unfortunately for me, I'm like, oh no, how do we solve this so it's compliant? That's true. But uh, I think, you know, that's uh, you can always try to explore things first internally. Something, you know, if I would yeah. be a global leader, you know, wonderful, and uh, and I think that would be so fun if that would be available. A couple of years ago, I worked uh, on a global project for a year on transforming the way we engage with customers across the whole world, um, and that would have been so fun if I could have, you know, done things in the local languages. Uh, but yep. uh, uh, yeah, so I think we can try these so things. It's a very interesting idea. 
and not only trans. Sounds good. I mean, and now I understand also, uh, you know, when it comes to, or not understand, but the, the discussions from Hollywood and, and movie stars, uh, it would be very easy to change the language. Maybe just keep the tonality Absolutely. because otherwise when you dub with them, dub the movies, yeah, yeah. It, it's not yeah. the same. But I guess now yeah. with an AI, maybe it can be felt the same if whoever big star is talking in. Absolutely. In. And now because we're coming towards the end of the podcast and what I'm realizing is I'm talking to a leader that believes in transformation, mm -hmm. that believes in embracing the change, that believes in motivating the people that he or she works with and works under. And the most important thing that I want to know, what is your leadership style? And do you have any advice for you know young leaders or leaders in general who is not ready to embrace change or transformation or AI? What is your advice for them? So first, uh, you know, type of leader I am, um, I'm a, a leader and not the boss. <laughs> so uh, I'm more visionary, showing direction, inspiring. Uh, I'm very inclusive. And so I, I don't like consensus, but I like inclusiveness. So I want everyone to be able to speak up um, and to feel comfortable. So. Uh, I, I value creating psychologically safe, psychological safety uh, because I think, I mean, otherwise you won't have people speaking up, you will not get different perspectives, etc. I want people to bring everything uh, because then you find better solutions. I, I get people to net, I don't only network myself, uh, I, I pull people together uh, and I want my people to network with others uh, because that's when things happen. Um, so for me, um, you know, we're in it together. It's maybe, you know, the most important value for me, uh, to make sure that you bring everyone's, uh, potential out. We've, we've been the last number of years, we've been exploring this concept of self-managing organizations. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the furthest you can come, uh, is called the teal organization. And that is when you don't have manage, you don't have any bosses or uh, you don't have titles. Yeah. And, but I, I, that's very hard in a global American company to get there. But it's all about uh, inspiring teams to really uh, drive themselves. So if if you find something that you can improve, you just do it. You you just bring on the people that you find in an organization that will be best suitable to be on the journey with you and you do it. So that is for me, uh, if I feel successful when I notice that stuff is going on, wonderful stuff is going on that I didn't know about. And that just pops up in the organization as brilliant solutions or, um, yeah. So that is uh, important for me. When it comes to advice, uh, I mean, be curious. Um, on technology, be curious about communication, be curious about people, um, be, test new things, go in the forefront, just, you know, be, do it yourself a bit as well. Uh, so you understand what it's all about. Um, 
network. I mean, when it's curious about people, network, talk to people, just try to understand them and try to say, okay, what, what do you bring? What can I learn from you? Uh, invest. So invest in technology, invest in competence. And, and it takes time. Most of the, most of the time it takes time. <laughs> and, uh, so um, be persistent. Um, and, uh, you know, it will happen, but it will take some time. So keep believing, be persistent and keep investing. Because if you're not persistent and keep investing, then you will never achieve what you you know what you could achieve because you quit too early um and then also we talked about this internally uh, the difference between creating a business strategy for a digital world instead of creating a digital strategy for a for your business so you create your yes. business strategy adapted to a digital world not the, the other way around i think that is a good yeah. to have as well and and you know make sure that you create a culture around you uh, that thrives and invites curiosity and innovation that would be some of my advices thank you so much i love when you talked about uh emotional safety mm -hmm. and that is a very very important quality mm -hmm. of a very very inspiring leader thank you for addressing that and as you said the best investment one can make is investing in themselves then i mean to learn skills and constantly grow and that shows what an amazing leader you are and it was a pleasure to have you in our podcast so uh, all i can say is like i've met a superstar from <laughs> sweden who is also happened to be the ceo of pfizer so thank you for joining us in this podcast. It is amazing to have you, Mark. Thanks, Daniel. It was an inspiring chat. You got me to think about lots of different things. So thank you very much for that. Good start of the day. <laughs> thank you. And for our audience, if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. For more in-depth discussions on the digital customer experience, drop us a comment below with your thoughts or any question that you might have for Marlin or future guests. Until next time, stay curious and keep innovating. This is Daniel Paul from Gibbs.